HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's c-o-m-t-e-usa.com. everyone and welcome to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host Kara Warren and today on the show we have Angela Miller, co-owner of Consider Barwell Farm located in Paulette, Vermont. Uh, the creamery is best known for its Jersey cow's milk cheeses such as Paulette and Rupert. Uh, or Rupert, I'll have to double check, but Angela, no, welcome it's to Rupert. the show. How's things? It's Rupert. Thank okay, you good. very much. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, it's to have a you pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, one more clarification. Is it in Paulette or West Paulette? Well, there's one village or town called Paulette, and West Paulette is a village within that town. So uh-huh. you were right, okay. and I'm just refining uh-huh. okay. it for you. Thank you, thank you, because I read it both ways, and I don't want to give the wrong details, so thank you for that. And we name the cheeses after towns, so Paulette and Rupert. Oh, sure, yep. That's. I mean, I like that you guys are a local cheese producer, especially for the Northeast groups, um, which is what I actually want to start with, which is since you guys have been one of the primary cheese producers in the Northeast for the last two ga- two decades, excuse me, how does it feel to have accomplished this longevity within the cheese industry? I'm quite honestly, I'm very proud of everything that we've done over the last two decades, except for <laughs> the point when, well, I'm very proud of the fact that we did a voluntary recall of right, um, and you know what, that that is, is, yeah, that's a hiccup we're going to get to later on in the show. Yeah, I'm sure, Um, (laughs) I'm sure. Just just to kind of catch everyone up to speed, so I want to start with, um, when does your journey with Consider Bardwell start? Because from what I understand through the website, it is a very old, it was once the first Vermont cooperative, and then it, it, has, it changed hands a few times, and then it got to you. And I, I'm just curious, so how does that journey go? Well, the my journey with Consider Bardwell Farm started in the year 2000, and it was not functioning then as a cheese producer. 
It was founded by a gentleman named Consider Bardwell in 1863 during the Civil War when the farmers were all at war and the farm wives were left with everything, child rearing, animal rearing, you name it. So it was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution and Mr. Bardwell decided that it was an opportune time to have a cooperative for the farms to bring him the milk in the morning and he would have cheese made here. There's a railroad that runs through the property, or did, and they would ship cheese to Boston and New York uh, every two weeks. Oh, and wow. um, in those big cheddar boxes, which we still have artifacts of. And during the Great Depression, of 1929, the cooperative went bust and closed down. And they just, and they were always in the family, the, the various um, descendants of Consider Bardwell um, oh, interesting. were okay. in the family. And they were the ones who sold the farm to us, to us eventually. But and, and after how did the, you happen? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So, how did you how did you find this this cheese place available? I mean, so I I understand from your background that you were a book editor and a literary agent. This is a big leap yeah, to go into I, owning a creamery. <laughs> I was a book editor and a literary agent, and I'm still a literary agent. But um, my favorite food on earth since. I can remember at an early age was cheese and I wanted to open a cheese shop in Manhattan after college, but I didn't have any money, which is not an atypical thing for a post-college student. Right, um, right, of course. Grad, I should say. And um, so I did the next best love thing, which was reading and got into books. And I was specializing in food-related topics, and I worked with a few um, cheese authorities uh, on their books. And then we decided to buy a property in Vermont, my husband and I, and we stumbled upon this rather large 300-acre farm and found out its history and thought, hey, we love cheese. Why don't we do that? <laughs> oh, it my was, God. I can't, it was a bit serendipitous. <laughs> oh my we goodness. did not know what so, we were getting into, but it, um, it's proven to be the right thing to have done. What is one of your earliest memories of... Uh, learning the lifestyle of cheese making? Well, once we purchased the farm property and did a little bit of historical re uh, research, um, we hired, well, my first hire was a French girl who was interested in eventually er uh, owning land in Vermont, and she had been making cheese in Provence four or five years, and I thought, well, Mary, Marie Louise can teach us. 
<laughs> and um, she had been making cheese from goats that goats milk that um, were French Alpine and Swiss Alpine goats. And she w- she started us, helped us purchase some goats. And uh, she ended up not liking Vermont. So we hired Peter Dixon, who was oh, a sure. senior fellow in, yeah. in Vermont cheesemaking. And he came as a three-day-a-week consultant and helped us build our product line. And gotcha. my husband and I did our due diligence and our research and our, you know, went to lots of courses at UVM. And um, I decided that, quite frankly, I didn't want to make, you know, just a run-of-the-mill cheese I had been working with top chefs from all over the world, and I wanted to please their palates. And That's have a very them high bar be, you probably meet, yeah. Um, um, and they they were supportive, and they the first um, delivery of cheese that we made was to the New York restaurant per se, and they put it on their tasting menu that week. And they wouldn't have done that if they thought it was not up to par. Yeah, that's amazing. That's fantastic. So it was just a really great start. And Murray's was incredibly supportive um, right from the get-go. And I was the cheese girl. I would deliver cheese to, <laughs> to New York places every Monday when I went back to the city. Oh, wow. Um, so that but, was part of uh, your commute back and forth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> So it was um, a saga, and um, eventually we teamed up with a fabulous distributor in Vermont who takes the cheese everywhere for us now and sells sells it. Um, Provisions International, it's um, quite well known, and they are very supportive of Vermont products. Yeah, they're they're a great group. I'm glad you guys work well with them. Um, we love them. I want to... Yeah, props to the Provisions International Group. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, why is it important for you to have raw cow's milk cheese produced in the U.S.? Do, do you feel like you're making a statement with that? Um, yes. I never, I never wavered for a second about making raw milk cheese once I really learned the details of what is lost in pasteurization. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Vermont regulators are are pretty supportive of it. Um, a lot of national regulators who shall go unnamed are, you know, they worry terribly about raw milk cheese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I understand. Um, And I wanted to ask you, I realize, or I think you made cheeses before with goat's milk. Um, Yes. And we we will be again. Uh, Okay. I was milking 
close to 150 goats until October 2019. And then we were going to reopen again in March of 2020 and the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. I lost I lost my farm help to needing to be stay-at-home parents homeschooling their kids and I furloughed my goats to another farm and oh, wow. I have a trickle of them back now and I want to start making goat milk cheeses again in the next summer. Oh, wow. Um, we shall see. I, I mean, our goat cheeses were fantastic, in my opinion. And <laughs> I do want to restart those um, uh particular cheeses, the Manchester, the Slybro, and the um, Danby. Oh, yeah. Um, How could recipes. I forget Manchester and Slybro? Those are the names that I'm like, I was like, I know they did excellent goat cheese. Yes, that, that's it. Thank yes. you. Yes. I, that, so we don't the have them for sale now. Fortunately, mm-hmm. um, in August and September of 2019, we did a collaboration with Grafton Village Cheese Company, and we took our milk down to them, and we made they produced a cheddar that was goat and cow blend. And mm-hmm. then the pandemic hit. We were going to split, take half the mix, and they would take half the mix, and we would keep the collaboration going. But the pandemic kind of shut that down. And, oh man! Um, so hopefully, many, we'll get so back to it. So we have a very limited yeah. supply of a wonderful cheddar called Wookie Wells Cheddar, and those are the names of three cities in England that have cheddar caves. Oh wow! Wookie and, and this is and a cow Wells. and goat blend. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And hopefully, we'll get back to that sometime. Because it is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, yeah. So how many cheeses do you currently produce right now? Uh, I saw four on the site, but um, is there we more than are, that? Did I miss anything? We have the inventory limited supply mm-hmm. of Wookie Wells cheddar. And we have a decent inventory of Rupert and we're making more Rupert every week and we have a very uh strong supply of paulet which was our um most popular cheese about 40 percent of our sales were of paulet and we make dorset but not in the two and a half pound wheel that we used to make it in we make it in a three quarter pound square and it's called dorset mini and we're going to be making more and more of that Oh, cool. And, th- and that's more like uh, the Telegio Ponlevec style. It's a washed rind. Yeah. Softer cool. cheese. Is is the Paulette also a washed rind? It's a washed rind, but it's semi-hard. It's not a, okay. it's not a natural rind. Um, it's got a 
uh, low water activity levels, so it qualifies as shelf stable of all things, but it's it's a little more moist than you know a dry hard cheese. It was my, originally Peter Dixon and I talked about having it be modeled on a, on a telegio of all things, but it's, it's actually turned out to be more of a, a Piedmontese Italian tome, mountain cheese, Toma, um, quite typical in, in the Piedmont region. Oh, wow. I can't, I gotta, I can't wait to retry these cheeses. It's, yeah. Um, thanks. Um, so actually, let's take a quick break. Um, listeners, you're listening to Cutting the Curd with Angela Miller of Consider Barwell. And uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conté. Conté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conté is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conté is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. And just to reintroduce, we have Angela Miller here today, excuse me, of Consider Bardwell Farm. And actually, I wanted to bring up, we mentioned earlier in the episode, a little hiccup uh, that happened in the awesome tenure of Consider Bardwell. And uh, I'm kind of curious to get a little more background on it. Um, Angela will talk about this and tell us all the details, but there was a voluntary recall on the cheeses um, that took place oh, like two years ago, I think now. Um, how did that happen? What What are some of the details that, you know, because there was a lot of talk about what happened, but, you know, what what did go on there? Well, we were having a a year of um, expansion in our production. <clears throat> and we were all, and, and as a result, we were having, we were facing a, a cash crunch that could have been fatal. 
So we were trying to produce the requisite amount of cheese to break even that year. And everyone was working as hard as they could and harder. And we brought in goat milk from an outside producer to augment our own goat milk. And because the milk was from the outside, we made only one cheese with it, which was Slybro. And we tested every single batch before it went out. And then in September, we tested a batch. We tested actually five batches that were ready to go out. And one of the batches had tested positive for listeria. Not just species, but the dead, the deadly back, um, listeria. We recall, recalled. We stopped production. We did a huge amount of environmental testing. And we recalled all the Slybro. And because it was in, had been in the same cave with Dorset, we did a general recall of Dorset, everything that had been in that cave of washed rind cheeses, not Paulet. Mm-hmm. But Dorset and Slybro, um, we, we asked people to send back everything that had been made for the previous five months. And during the nearly two-month period where we were not in production and we were not shipping because we had a cash crisis, Mm -hmm. it became a cash negative. Right. (laughs) And I couldn't pay bills. And so I decided to take a deep breath and shut down for a couple of months until we could get our resources reorganized. And and how we were clear we were cleared by FDA. Mm-hmm. Um Well, first off, were you shocked by when you first found the listeria? I'm sure you 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 knew this producer. I mean, what was your reaction? Was your first reaction, reaction, to, first this? reaction to this? Well, it was mixture of sadness and horror mm-hmm. that somebody could get hurt from something that we had shipped out. Right. And um, that was the primary concern, honestly. We obviously stopped taking their milk. Well, they brought the milk in the next day after we found out about the positive, and we tested Mm -hmm. the milk, and it was positive. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. So we found what we assume was the root cause, and so we, I mean, it was... It would have been far worse having someone be hurt or worse than falling on our sword and shutting down for a period. And I wasn't really certain that we could ever recover from it, but we 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 did decide that we could go forward. So I, I actually I want to also ask you how did this work? How did this work with uh, you have a lot of employees uh, that are from the community around there? How how did it go when you had to explain this to them that you needed to take a break 
that must have been a very difficult conversation. It was very difficult and extremely sad um, because, you know, we, they, luckily they all were able to get unemployment and they all found great jobs before the pandemic came along. Right, right. It would have been far worse, I think, if it had happened during the pandemic there wouldn't necessarily have been jobs open to them. That's a very good point. Um, um, and now and we now went from, we such, went a from such a low emotional, emotional point, point, I feel like, for you. How did you, you find, did you find the, courage the courage to come back and, come rebuild, back and rebuild and relaunch? Because you, you had that really that hard, really point. hard and I mean, point. And I mean, how do you feel, about, you being feel about being the comeback the kid comeback as kid we, we intend this pun here? Well, I hope that I can make it i mean we we came back last july in a very modest way we didn't really start selling into retail until september and that even you know we were worried about the pandemic what was going to happen with it and so many cheesemakers were hurt by the pandemic um but i had really felt PTSD mm -hmm. up to a point and maybe still do feel a little bit of that, but um, I'm determined. I was so, I am so proud of what Consider Bardwell achieved and I just don't want to let it slip by um, uncelebrated. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I, I like and it. it's coming around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it has, I mean, it has, it has a, legacy. a legacy. Um, and it's, um, and, and all and the all familiar names of, of for cheesemongers out there that have worked in the last five to 10 years, they know consider Bardwell. Um, and they've been so supportive. That's what I was wondering. So now that you're back, has everyone been supportive? How has the relationships been with specialty stores and, and cheesemongers out there? Really on the face of it, enormously supportive. I mean, they're, the, the, we're all in this business for one reason, and that's because we love cheese. And so um, people have been really, really supportive. We're trying to get our inventories in line so that we can um, come back as strong in the, in the Northeast as we were. And then eventually, um, if we're really careful with our pennies and our plans, um, then we can start to think bigger. Very cool. Very cool. Um, um, I actually was actually wondering also wondering about, also about um, the farmer's the markets. Farmers markets. I, remember I remember you, your team always your having team a booth at the farmer's markets. Is this also going to exist? Uh, is it already existing for Consider Bardwell? Or are you guys playing into the farmer's market still? It's, it's, we're heavily into um, our local farmers markets and a, mar a big market on the east end of Long Island. And we're trying very hard to get back into the green market on a smaller scale. We were at 15 markets, so um, right. we're not there yet, but we would love to go back to a couple of the markets that we were in where you know we were so appreciated 
Yeah, you, I remember a, a meeting a, a lot of my friends over at the Consider Bardwell table. So I, I hope that happens. Um, yeah. And I, I, also, I also wanted to go to the other side of, of the food market world now and ask you, because it, um, the specialty food markets that or the supermarkets carrying specialty foods now, they're changing very fast and e-commerce is increasing. Um, is this affecting the format of your cheeses? Because um, normally I, I understand it's by weight, but are you going to start doing anything in a prepack level or what have you thought about we, this? We have started an e-commerce site on our website and it's growing and we are doing um, cut wrap for a lot of the stores who are requesting it. Cut wrap and cryo. Um, okay. We do it where they want us to do it. Right, right. Um, you have to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, as, as suggested earlier, we've reformatted Dorset into a smaller, you know, one unit purchase. Um, right, right. Oh, that's for exciting. That very reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna look for that as well. Um, so now that we're talking about the cheeses again, what is? Um, do you have a specific pairing that comes to mind that works really well for one of your cheeses? Yes, um, we are extremely fond of a local cider maker called um, Slybro. Right. Of course. And we had developed one of our cheeses with their Slybro cider. They are in New York state, but within 10 miles of us. And um, that's cool. Yes. They have a, a sparkling cider called hidden star. And we have done pairings. In fact, I'm going to do one this Thursday night over there with our Dorset minis. Um, the wash cool. rind. it's just perfect in fact a few years ago I was at a um, I was out in Portland Oregon and there's a there was a a cider maker with a a, a bar uh, using our Dorset oh no way that's awesome yeah I, I really think the uh, the American cider uh, movement is is really it's it's increasing I, I love that it and is. the fact you know, with the cheeses that we have, um, American and French or, or European, it's wonderful to kind of mix it all together right now. Um, and not just have, there was like the basic version of cider. Now there's really, um, these heritage apples that are forming ciders. It's very cool. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back... we're also doing, we're also doing pairings with a chocolate maker who makes a chocolate charcuterie. Uh, they're oh, called really? Tavernier, and they're in Brattleboro, Vermont. And um, I mean, chocolate and cheese. Who would have thunk? Right, but. right. No, I, I, <laughs> I like that we're we're adding twists. I hope we're we're coming up with twists all the time to the yeah. to the pairing world. Um, yeah. So I, I. Oh, sorry. I have I have one last question for you, Angela, which was. Um, do you have any advice for other creamery owners or cheesemakers out there on, on starting their own creameries or, or what they should do to keep their mind sane when they want to start a creamery? Start a creamery and sell cheese. 
um, get some really good professional advice. And you don't always do it for money, but you do it for love. I like that. Cool. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for being on the show today, Angela. It was an absolute pleasure. We're so happy you could make it onto Cutting the Curd today. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm just going to give a shout out to the listeners now. Hey, everyone, uh, please follow uh, Consider Bardwell on Instagram at, at Consider Bardwell Farm. You can follow us at Cutting the Curd. And please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, eat more cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.